Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Hello, welcome to 101 Part-Time Jobs, the podcast where I speak to artists about how they've managed to survive, how they've made it work for them through making art. I mean, so many of our favorite bands 
have worked a bunch of different jobs over lockdown and I think before that I think between tours a lot of them have managed to survive in ways that we don't really know a lot about so those are the stories I want to get and I'm so excited to welcome the excellent Rebecca Lucy Taylor aka self-esteem to 101 part-time jobs tomorrow morning I'll be heading off to Green Man and be catching her over the weekend I can't wait for that that'll be the first time I'm seeing her And I hope a lot of you listening to this get the chance to see her next couple of weeks, months, year as well. Her new album, Prioritise Pleasure, is coming out on the 22nd of October. I do this all the time and and the title track are absolutely brilliant. And we're all so, so excited about it. East London Signature Brew have been making beers with bands since 2011. They've made beers with Mastodon sports team hot chip and a whole bunch of other amazing bands if you go onto their website signaturebrew.co.uk you can make an order to get some of those beers delivered directly to your door if you live in the uk and with the voucher code 101 podcast all capital letters you can get 10 percent off that order all right here's rebecca lucy taylor of self-esteem go well cheers When I was in Slow Club, I would do jobs here and there and and, um, be really embarrassed about it. But the whole nature of self-esteem and being a solo artist and just becoming myself, really, um, it's kind of part of my art practice in a way, is to so chronically be open and honest about the true me that it means there's no um, room for... Like, I've already done the joke before you have, you know, or mm, yeah. I, um, so much of my 20s were like deeply sh- shrouded in shame. <laughs> I'm just exhausted by it. And then I, it almost like if you put it out there, you're on display, then, then it's, then you'll, you've controlled the narrative. Also, I'm a Libra with two Pisces moon and, and rising and I'm just a complete, um, I'm just so addled with worry and stress about what people think of me that it, my life was pretty unlivable if I had to like hide that I needed cash or, um, or hide that I found things difficult. Like I just, yeah, but I will literally look, if you've got a job, I'll do it. Like I love cash and now I'm a pop star, but I'm still in the realms of like, you don't make any money. <laughs> you really have to like. It's the most. It's the most stupid creative industry to want to be in, in terms of logic, and like output input. <laughs> but- I feel like there's like two different ways to think of it because I feel like I could go down the route of asking you questions about how fucked up funding is, or government, or general, you know, support for the arts. You know, especially when you compare the UK to Germany or, or or the Netherlands or Belgium but uh, and then the other side is like well fuck it you've, you've got to do it and you kind of put your blinkers on I I had a bit of a wobble over the pandemic to be honest where I was like okay everything I've worked really hard for my whole life like since I was 16 I, I've made music and and I've always just got by and I've never thrived <laughs> and I've been very niche and uh but always like the thing that made it worth it was being able to express myself creatively and have, you know, a handful of people give a shit about what I'm I'm singing about or saying or putting yeah. out next. And as a solo artist, 
the reason I left the band really was because I was like, I can't have that compromised alongside not making any money and alongside this sort of low level dread every day of my life that it's all going to be over and I'll be stranded, unemployable and like miserable. And, and so it's all for me, everything is about taking control and making sure it's my fault if it fucks up and it's my fault if it succeeds. And I don't know, some, something, the wobble I had was like, maybe it's all gone forever. Cause, cause now like the, the best chance I have of making any money would be playing live. And, um, the idea that that's gone, it was just like extremely kind of awful. But then like within about a week, it was kind of exhilarating because I thought, well, why do I even do any of it? And I realized it's so deeply not about trying to make money mm. and that it's just my calling. And now I'm completely realized as myself and my art and my point of view is so, <laughs> so um, violently uh, put across <laughs> in my work that that's the payment. So I had a kind of turnaround where I now don't, all I want to be able to do is to do it. I don't need much more. Um, and anything else is a bonus. I mean, it still means, you know. Does fine. that play into, because, you know, you, you got such a brilliant production, great dancers. There's a lot going on. It seems to be, always be changing. Mm. uh is 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 that is that part of it is i mean that must i mean speaking about work that's a lot of fucking work yeah but i i realized that like that's what i want but what makes me happy is like getting into bed and being absolutely exhausted and not when i was in an indie band that with you know you would we toured a lot but there was a lot of downtime and i felt very stifled and like i couldn't have any other outlet so I lived all my 20s just sort of waiting to go on tour. When I was on tour, I found that very difficult. The brief moments on stage where I felt really alive and electric and like I'm performing and I'm, I'm, my call, I'm fulfilling my role on the planet, um, it was all like too sporadic. Whereas now self-esteem is so daft because that's... I, I don't understand why you wouldn't do that. <laughs> if there's a stage and there's lights, there's a PA, there's people like life when I was a little girl was like dance routines, plays, like always constantly like just making performance. Like a rug would be a stage, you know, like anything with a corner was a stage to me. And all I'm doing now is just living that out. And I want to just know I fucking gave it a good go. Also on the flip side, when you're in a band for 10 years, see a lot of other bands <laughs> I just always thought god I find gigs so boring <laughs> that I what I want to do with self-esteem is because I know full well I'm you know I'm doing that circuit as we speak tomorrow I'm on you know early in the afternoon at a festival and you have to make people look and listen mm. and give them an experience and I, th I think you know a lot of indie music's pretty lazy like in terms of the uh, transaction f between audience and, and performer. And that's like a quote that really stuck out for me when you said, you know, for photos, why wouldn't you just make it the silliest, most bombastic thing you could? Why would you just stand against a brick wall? Mm. I, was, I mean, I, I, this is a kind of, I have a visual cue with this, which is difficult. But it's like, it's, 
you know, standing on a standing by a wall with graffiti with your coat on is something we can all do. And um, even though I want to do all these mad things, like I can put my coat on and stand by a wall. Mm. And that was where I went wrong was that I, I was constantly compromised to just do the thing that is, is comfortable and easy for everybody. Whereas art to me shouldn't be that comfortable and it shouldn't be easy. And, uh, and I just very, very tired of it. And, but also, my God, you could argue the absolute opposite. Like, maybe I'm doing too much. Maybe it's, ugh, maybe it's this and it's that. But it's like, I realized that I was looking around all the time, what everyone else was doing. And, and I don't know, something about aging. It's just like, it don't matter. Everything has a right to exist. Commit to it. Have your context and your, your through line all the time. And, and be an artist. You know, I mean, it's not just about looking cool, playing your instrument all right, and shuffling on and off. And I don't know. Having, I think the idea of rock and roll star is just pathetic. <laughs> I think yeah. it's, there's nothing. You know, that it's not cool. Cool is being real. In my opinion. In my opinion. Caveat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, is it, do you ever get used to sometimes second guessing yourself? Do you ever come to peace with that, with that stuff? Yeah. I mean, I feel like obviously a lot better than I used to, but it's still, I keep getting the, I got a load of clothes today actually for my, for my shows. Cause I was like, guys, we need, I don't know what I'm doing. Anyway, we need to give, we need to dress me. I look like I'm coming from the office at the minute. <laughs> um, I, I, saw, I saw the Kermit frog. Oh yeah, he yeah he's he's a part of it. That's a it's a little uh, exclu- uh, 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 yeah. That's a photo shoot I'm going to do coming up. Um, but I yeah, you know, and I'm there today putting on this leopard print daft suit and a mad bra and like yeah, I doubt it. And I go, I'm 34. What the hell am I doing? Everyone else has got married and had babies, and I'm <laughs> this is my life. But oh my god, it doesn't last long. In my mind, I'm like. Yeah, but this is this is very you. <laughs> just just get on with it. It's all too short. The planet is dying. I don't, you know. I just it's just about having a laugh and feeling like seizing the fucking day. I'm just done. I'm done trying to be cool. <laughs> I just want to have a right laugh. You can blame the drag queens. The drag queens infil- infiltrated my brain, and I never look back. I mean, do you th- do you think that's the thing of the last decade, or the la- you know that that there has become that ability uh, to be so versatile and not just be uh, one idea and constantly you know progress in a way that I mean, because you know Bowie was doing this kinds of stuff, Thank and you. and it feels like no one else was doing it around that time. Maybe people were, but do you know what I mean? I wonder if that is something that's coming more back into play in in music and art. I think something happened maybe like 2007 or something where I think there was Beyonce, like Beyonce singles were suddenly like all right to openly like. Right? Mm. I remember single ladies coming in a club and in front indie, I had an indie boyfriend and he played at his indie stupid club night. And I was like, that was a real turning point because everything I'd sort of committed to all the way through high school being like, the premier girl that liked music would never have, you know, but I was listening to Destiny's Child at home. <laughs> like something shifted and I do, I just think everything blurred. I don't know what it, the world moved, uh, the internet maybe grew or something where 
you know, pop became the most exciting genre, really. And, and like, I don't know, guitar music is, it's never floated my boat, really. Um, I've lied every time I've, apart from the Arctic Monkeys, who are my favourite band in the whole world, but they make, like, mad pop music, in my opinion. Anyway, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, what am I getting at? What did you what did you ask me? <laughs> I forgot I've forgotten. I might I guess. I mean by the way, I don't really have questions. I go on the I go on the chat. That's my vibe. That's what I try. I try. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it goes well. So uh, but, <laughs> uh just that I guess that element of well, you say 2007, right? That uh, I feel like that was when a lot of electronic bands started playing Reading and Leeds and there was this kind of crossover. Yeah. Um yeah. And then I think Arctic Monkeys was almost the like that first record was for me was one of the like the last records of that brilliant generation where you'd every Wednesday you'd pick up the magazines and you know and Kerrang would have great stuff and Enemy would have great stuff and for me you know th- there was just always at, at some point it stopped being like rock music stopped being exciting. I don't know what happened, but it really did. It's like nothing. You know, that red libertines jacket, to me, at one point in my life, nothing was more sexually arousing than someone wearing one of those. And now I can't think of anything more important. <laughs> and I don't know when that happened, but it did. And I, as a whole of the podcast, I guess, when did it die? But there's something to do. I think I think the influx of women is one thing. And, like, just the world moving and changing and technology. And I don't know. I don't know. For you, like, you know, that sense of identity growing up playing gigs... Do you remember when your, has your identity kind of always, in playing music, I mean, and, and when I say identity, I mean like confidence, I mean the number of hours you're spending doing it, like the kind of, the way you talk about it with friends and family. You know, when my band was touring all the time, I couldn't even take myself seriously when I spoke to people. I just didn't have that confidence inside of me. Mm. Um, and I wonder how people do that. <laughs> yeah, I still struggle now. Like I, it's weird. Like I've had a tiny bit more like, reach than than normal with my last couple of singles and it makes life a little bit easier in the sense of like oh I do this and I've done you know there's your headline like I did Jules Holland and I've like always dreamed of doing that and it's more like the doing it so I can say I've done it is more the dream than actually being on it like it was just like the shorthand I need for people that don't understand that I'm a full-time musician, relatively successful in the realms of what I'm in. You know, like getting your hair cut, I'm always like, don't ask me what I do, because it's so, all I will do then is just go down this long road of, yeah, I mean, uh, 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 you know, the self-deprecation that comes out of my mouth that I don't even mean. You know, when it added, certainly all the way through my 20s, my self-esteem, for one of a better phrase, it was mm-hmm. like rock bottom, because I was just always, yeah, I felt fucking stupid about this thing I'd devoted my life to. Whereas now, not because I've been any more successful, but just like, because it's all so all consuming and it is, it's bigger than music, in my opinion, like what I'm trying to achieve. And like, uh, it, it is a job now, do you know what I mean? And I, and I've just got less shame about it. I still, I still do struggle with it though. Because it's, it's just- like, unless you're really famous, who mm. are you to like the vast majority of people? But now, I it's not about it's just ne- it's never really been about fame for me it's more about getting to do it like I have so many things I want to make and now I feel successful because I probably will be able to make them 
And so I'm just sort of more happy in myself that I can just go, oh, I do this thing and it's this. Also, obviously, it's very helpful when people are like, oh, my God, I love that. <laughs> and I'm like, brilliant, cool, validation, scene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it is like art, music, theatre, there's all these subcultures and all these kind of levels. And uh, it's kind of shit that only the ones that are on like Sunday brunch are the ones that get taken seriously. I've brunched a few times. So <laughs> I'm I to say, but yeah, I'm, I'm going for the triple this time. I'll be on it three times. I love it. I, I want to, I want to live in a culture. I want to live in a town or a place where people are putting on shows, whether that's a gig or uh, a theatre production or a choir. You know, I want to live somewhere where the arts are taken seriously yeah. at every level. And it it is fucking annoying that the fact that you can talk that you'd said you'd done it is is more valid <laughs> than, than, than doing what you were doing before. But that's not the case. It's so, it's, it's bullshit. Yeah, but it's it has been, that's been what it is. You know, my school, I have a sort of an aversion really to seeing people from school, even though I like love them. Like I was, I, I was, you know, the main part in the plays and I sang all the in choirs and I, I was, you know, there was me and a few other people that, you know, someone got into drama school and, oh, she's going to go and be this thing. And, and then I did, you know, I've been a full-time musician since I left school. I would say that's a achievement, but it, because it, because I'm not famous, I, I think I, I just struggle to explain that. And um, mm. so I, yeah, I've just been bad and I don't text people back, but I, I, <laughs> I, I shouldn't be like that. It's everything's valid, but I've struggled my whole life between like, why, why are you doing it then? <laughs> like what, what, there's no financial gain. There's no security. What do you get? But like I've said a million times already on this podcast alone, it's like, I just my lot. That's me. This is what I'm doing. And, you know, that's, that's the end of it, really. A big part of it has got to be to do with like the people you surround yourself with. You know, if you have friends into the same thing who are, who are like spurring you on being like, yes, Rebecca, that's fucking awesome. And all like having a manager who, who, who gets it and a booking agent. I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, uh, bands with, teams i mean you hear um you sometimes forget that musicians and artists just have completely different experiences with the people they're working with yeah i mean that's what's really changed things for me i don't think i would still be doing music if i was still in the situation i used to be in like touring was very much like just get yourselves around the country mm -hmm. i can't believe i did it as the only woman in the band like I, the anxiety of just the traveling was just wild and but it always, you know, good amount of like, shut up and get on with it. <laughs> but now my manager really gives a shit how I am. <laughs> Doesn't want me to be ill. Um, if I don't want to do it, we don't do it. You know, it's just like tiny things. But I think in the music industry, even in the last four years, it's now become a better place, certainly for women, because because of just all the things in the zeitgeist where it's like, you know, you do need to be listened to. There's a documentary about Slow Club and like, it's yeah. just me moaning that I'm not very well all the time and I'm really sad. And even that already is three years later, it's like dating in this really strange way where it's like, I can't imagine me being in that situation anymore because it feels like the general well-being of the people is more in the 
social consciousness. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but I mean, every day I'm further away from it. I go, oh God, I've no idea how you didn't lose it sooner. (laughs) But, you know, these are the, this is just how it goes. And it's why I'm who I am today and all the rest of it. Um, And I did, you know, I had some amazing times and very, very unique life. Um, But the, the terror of not making any money I don't think makes like the best art, but if you, unless you're from, you know, some a background with tons of cash and it doesn't matter, um, it's kind of difficult to get that equilibrium. So, uh, you know, I, I, that's why, you know, loads of the massive UK bands are from loads of cash <laughs> anyway. Like there's a certain, and same with art, same with theatre, like it's dominated by the, because I think good art comes from not coming from a desperation angle. <laughs> some people would disagree though right some people would say like some brilliant songs are from really really tough tough times yeah there's such an argument for 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 everything um and it is all just down to the individual but I I don't know like I it's not like I'm suddenly financially fine but taking out the fear out of it needing to work has made my work um connect better like this and my forthcoming album so like I was just so okay fuck it let's just make what I want to make like genuinely because I you know I've got my little life that I can just about keep going on what I make and yeah I I, I, there's some sort of peace in me artistically from not being like why not me when's it my turn universe you know like I used to be so jealous and Desperate is the best word for it. Now I don't give a shit. And everyone's like, oh, we come on this podcast. <laughs> we come on this Bill's Holland show. I'm like, oh, right, yeah, fucking hell, fine, yeah. Well, now. Nah. Oh. Did that happen? Did that kind of, did that feeling of like, did that evolve during like compliments, please? Did it happen before, after? No, compliments, please. I was pretty rabidly uh, desperate too. <laughs> um, but I, it was more like, I think over compliments, please, I, the touring of that, I realized I don't hate touring. I just, I, I hated touring in the way I used to be touring. And like the performances are amazing. The fans of self-esteem are like, as somebody who's felt very much on the outside the whole life and kind of like struggled with group, uh, you know, not feeling part of a gang. And I've never had a big group of friends or anything like that. Like, oh, that's always registered. I've never had like a steady relationship. All these things have always just made me feel worse and worse and worse. And now when I play a self-esteem show, I kind of feel like part, of just this enormous gang of freaks <laughs> but, but and there's so much love and everyone's so fucking funny as well that's what I've noticed <laughs> people make me laugh and it's the most beautiful thing in the world and people I don't know it's like whatever I give people they're giving me back to it's just it's just the, the most the greatest joy of my life has been doing self-esteem and seeing what it does with other people building this band which are all these sort of women we allow a couple of men um <laughs> they they go through a very strict vetting process. <laughs> um and then yeah the shows it's just this like absolute circle jerk of like love and um Ace. i just fucking love it i don't know what Ace. the question and now i'm just going on about myself no but please please i mean it makes me think that you know i uh, I, I think people early on, you know, when you go to your first Scar gig or you go to your first metal gig, it's like, wow, I fit, I fit in here. I feel like I fit in here. Yeah, is it, is it that sort of feeling? 
I hope so. And I, I, what I can gather from what I see, you know, people in comments and things like that, there is like a little bit of a tribe happening. Um, totally. And I mean, to psychoanalyze in a very quick way, like it, it, all of this is just to, I guess my output is just to feel not alone. And I guess I've always just felt extremely alone. And like, well, I guess we all have this internal monologue that you're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you're not normal or whatever. And just being open and honest about that and seeing how many other people feel that way and connecting. It's just something so magic about it. And even if it all ended tomorrow and I did have to go back to being a really bad PA, um, at least I'm at least I proved it, you know what I mean? Like I found it and it's not I will never feel totally alone again, which is you know This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. Not saying you have to have like an experimental pop project to not feel alone, but that's what I have to do anyway. (laughs) (laughs) A big part of that, I wonder, is to do with socials and speaking to people, you know, like messaging people. Because, you know, we we basically like text on Instagram, don't we now? Yeah. You can if you want to. And um, have you been quite good at like getting to grips with that being such a big part of of what you do and your life? Yeah, I think it just naturally was. I I remember getting a Twitter when I was in Slow Club and it sort of like, I caught, you know, I was Slow Club Rebecca and that was my first tiny bit of um solo activity really and mm. I used to worry about it how mad that is but I used to no one no one was making me worry it's just all from me and my chronic people pleasing but yeah I um and it's a long time ago and I I was I had this really <laughs> I used to go out with this lad who was also in a band and he had a Twitter and he was really funny on Twitter and he was just like no we interact with people like and I used to think oh, I need to remain aloof or something. And yeah. he encouraged me to just be like, n- not do that. And and I and I never felt right doing that because I, I certainly don't want to f- anyone to think I think I'm untouchable or something because I'm so not. <laughs> I'm like literally, please touch me. Um, so yeah, if I've it's been a long time now of interacting and. Um, I don't know it's just like, like I said it can be just such a laugh sometimes it's absolutely gross because obviously mm. I get some bizarre attention um but I just shut that down pretty quick and for the most part it's like I've just got like thousands of mates <laughs> which is so nice I sound like such a fucking loser no not at all because it, it is like I mean you know think about all the people especially in the last 18 18 months who've who've made best friends online I mean it's almost like a, a few years ago I feel like a lot of people would cringe at that but now I say fuck it like brilliant people making friends online that's ace yeah I mean we're, the, being a human is so bizarre like we're it's hard enough we're up against it you know in many ways totally. <laughs> so if you, I just I, just, I, I, I know I'm not doing great when I'm pretending or putting something on 
or, you know, I, I did so many years of pretending and, and, and doing an act and trying to be something I thought would be either attractive or cool. And now I, I just don't. And it's bliss. I just can't recommend it enough. <laughs> Thinking about like that kind of like government and also kind of social view of, of people playing art. I mean, do you, do you think much about that? Does it, does it kind of upset you the way that Britain is a bit, is like that? It's not really like, yeah, go ahead and do that. It's always like people being like, oh, you're doing that, are you? Okay, good, good luck. Even when I remember being at, when I was at school in the 80s, no, like in the 90s <laughs> or whatever, like, you know, that we did the careers thing and mine came back as actress and they were like, you're gonna have to do it again <laughs> it's like they've never been taken seriously this isn't new like Tories definitely haven't helped matters but like at school like I did art music theater like I did all of them and people you know you get laughed at I mean but it's it's such a to me being alive alive being alive is pointless without these things mm. it's the joy of life mm. is art if you could call that as a canvas term and yeah, like of course yeah in the pandemic even showed that like you know the only thing the only joy people were finding were in you know online festivals and all that sort of thing and like i don't i i, I can't think about it too much because it gets very sort of sad and I, I suppose like if i had a kid i'd i would hope they don't don't want to make art <laughs> <laughs> because it is so sacked against you. I think they go. I think governmentally, they're like, well, we've got our Lewis Capaldi and we've got our Mumford and Sons, so we're fine. We're doing fine, and there will always be artists that will be huge globally. Mm, mm. But I think if you take away those sort of more underground things or more grassroots things, or people at like my level say, like, you get a very diluted, one-dimensional scene and. I don't know when the world's burning. I suppose it doesn't matter anymore, but I think it does. So I will always keep trying. I don't know. I feel like not having top of the pops or something that is like, okay, you, you go on that program and you, se you sell a bunch of records and it, it, it's not the be all and end all, but it's certainly a, a push. You have to get on the cooking channel. That's, <laughs> that's, that's where we're at now. With it. I don't know. They, I, I've pitched and been in conversations about, you know, trying to pitch a new music show. And it's just, there isn't, there, there isn't any... Uh, hunger for it but I also think that's because everybody consumes in their own personal way on the internet so for how do you mean about the pitching the new music show I just mean like I've I've suggested you know I'm always trying to get a, a side hustle so I'm like oh what if we did a thing where it was like this and then you know mm. it's people mm. just don't want music and that's but you know even when I when I've done things that are going on the telly I'm like oh it's on at this time and it feels kind of ludicrous to expect anyone to like tune in to a telly at the time it's on, apart from like if it's football. So and it's just the world has moved and the way people consume has changed. And I suppose, you know, there are things in music that have kept up with that. Um, but yeah, in terms of having worth in a, uh, from the <laughs> opinion of the government, I don't know. I don't know how you change that. I don't think you do. I don't think they listen to music. I think they just listen to white noise. I think when you know when you mentioned grassroots, I think there are like quite a lot of. I mean, I feel like you, you have this, despite having this, you know, pop star aesthetic and dressing up in all these different and having these brilliant videos and having this amazing production. There's there is still that grassroots element, and I'm not talking about 
just because of knowing what he did before that. But I feel like there is that kind of connection. Um, and I, I think that's so empowering. Yeah, I hope so. I hope. I just think it's re- being realistic is like the la- the our our last great <laughs> kind of tool to, com- to to connect. I think like yeah. just being real. Yeah, it's like so, shocking how much we don't do it, and it's a combination of me being old and tired, <laughs> and like <laughs> so many things have happened to me that I just don't give a fuck anymore, and. I just crack, I'm just cracking on. I actually don't overthink it these days. I just do it. And then when people go, oh, thank you so much for this music. It's helped me so much. I think, oh, cool. Nice. It helps me. So great. Cool. I mean, I was just about to ask you if it, if it overwhelms you, you know, the looking towards the future, but now I don't want to ask that. I don't want to. No, I know. It's a good, I can feel it. I keep getting these twinges of like the old me goes like, oh, but what if this doesn't get on the playlist? You know, I've tasted mm. it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. And I love I love it, but all the only reason I love it, you know, I love all free clobber and stuff like that. I love having my hair and makeup done. I love, I love being able to say I'm not going to make it that day. Can I make it this day? And no one pushes back on me. All that's great, but still so surface. Like all I want is to be able to have an idea, create it, and have somebody consume it. And everything that happens for me in a success sense just keeps that fire burning you know yeah, like for, yeah, yeah. so that's why I think that's what really 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 excites me and also my absolute obsession with having a laugh every day <laughs> like it isn't you know it, I'm not I'm not under no illusion that like what I do for a living is really fun but it can be very yeah I get I've started to know it's just I get very very exhausted like I've done quite a few podcasts today and tomorrow I'm like please let me be mute all day like I, I, I but I'm learning that about myself too now like survive it and say when what you need because I used to be very like because it wasn't only me I was representing I used to be like no yeah okay come on then and you know it wasn't healthy <laughs> was it yeah with two singles being like released from this from prioritized pleasure they both sound quite different I do this all the time in the title track mm-hmm. is that what can you say anything about the full record as a whole is does it go towards one of those sounds more than the other well it's not a spoken word record which is I'm sure is devastating for everyone I get <laughs> the spoken word to just the one song um no I think they sonically make a lot of sense but I guess yeah they don't um yeah it's another sort of big beastie sort of meaty record I I wanted to make compliments please too, essentially. So turning, you know, if there's strings, there's more strings. If there was singing, there's choir. Like I, I just wanted to make it more widescreen. And and I think I'm so desperate to, to, to represent myself on the first album that there was a lot going on. Whereas this one, I played live a lot. I know what works live. I, I think even in Slow Club, I used to write songs with thinking about the live show. I've never written songs without thinking how they get performed and so I suppose it makes it I think you put prioritized pleasure on and you feel quite exhausted after it <laughs> but, but that's the kind of music I want to make like I don't I don't want to make dinner party music and not to say I won't soon I'd love to it'd be lovely to think oh I'm just gonna make a really downbeat 10 track you know 
I mean, that's the point. Have you got have you got to that point where you got to think about what you say in terms of you know not making prom- you know making promises or not or you know being aware that people might pick pick up these lines and and shout about them from 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 their news platform. What do you mean? Like you know, if you said if you said you know, oh, yeah, I know. No. I mean, it's you know, it's, it's not like a, a huge thing, but saying you know, I'll never make a dinner time record. But I mean, have you got like you know, especially with with socials? I mean, you can you can say something, and and it might you know might be in the co- wrong context. You know, anyone could do that. Oh yeah, I'm waiting for my Ollie Murs um, <laughs> tweets to surface and my career to be swiftly over. Um, yeah, no, I don't think anyone's that bothered about what I'm up to, and I'm pretty open about it. Like I. I think I've got a pretty good idea of, you know, a five record sort of plan for this. And then I would do something under just my name, I think is my idea, but who knows? And like the Bowie reference earlier, like I also want to like Peter Gabriel, (laughs) which which is also just such a big part of my childhood was watching Peter Gabriel tour um, footage. (laughs) I'll have to talk to my dad about that one. But um, just that idea that occurred to me over the pandemic as well. It's like, I always wanted a hit and I wanted it to all happen. Whereas now what might be possible for me is like, you know, 20 albums and they all inhabit different sort of aesthetics and I I can go down a certain road or a genre or really indulge in one type of thing I like to do. And it's more about longevity and like a really big, in Kate Bush as well, you know, just like an enormous back catalogue. And for it not to be, I mean, as a woman, ageing is just so complicated and I refuse to let that ever stop me I mean looking at Fiona Apple fetch the bolt cutters incredible record exactly and then when I think about her I think well she didn't do anything for ages she's like you 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 can't it's not a production line you know like yeah yeah yeah. the things I adored and that you know I used to be like oh I wish I was Rita Ora or whatever I'm like really realizing that that's not what I'm doing at all um and I can borrow from the tropes and the things that pop has like that but but just settling into what it is I'm doing and and not being embarrassed or shy about it or scared that I'm being a diva or demanding and and just get setting my stall out creating making it happen professionally um that's all I want to do I want to go and go you know without I refuse to be stopped by any expectations of me as a woman in the world <laughs> fuck yeah ace <laughs> i mean it's such a thing to look to 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 look look towards you know almost no matter who you are you know i feel like we're all living on this clock or some shit and mm. it's nice mm. to have have a have a north star or have a few north stars do you know what i mean mm. to look towards yeah i think i i've always been a musician my whole life by the way i have had jobs <laughs> I've had loads of yeah I pretty much can't yeah I have like that's why I've made the book of my you know ends me um but but always with this terror and this this very real sense of this can all be over and then oh my god what will I do I've got this obsession with like who would I who would take me in <laughs> like right. and like it feeds into my relationships like I would be in relationships and be, because I was so desperate for some security but realizing nothing gives you security. You could get married and have a ton of children in the house and those all those things can go wrong. Like nothing is certain. The only thing that's certain is you. So like, I don't know, letting go of that uh, desperate need 
for it to last forever and and being realistic and just committing to the work has changed my life so I don't know if that's good advice (laughs) I mean you mentioned earlier that you were a PA and (laughs) this is 101 part-time jobs after all just to end with and by the way you know thanks so much I mean it's 40 minutes already it's gone like a flash but thanks thanks so much for giving me your time because you literally you know you say playing a festival tomorrow I feel like you've, you've played a, a, a few festivals this week already yeah I'm the COVID dropout queen yeah <laughs> I mean it's, it's time COVID, I'll come and play your gig <laughs> time to do it right yeah man I'm, I'm sweeping the floor <laughs> I'll do it next though and then we <laughs> But I mean, I mean, speaking speaking of jobs that you worked, I mean, you said, you know, you've been playing music, practice, you know, full time as since you left school. But I mean, throughout those years, are there any any uh, funny, horrible, brilliant, excellent, awful job stories <laughs> that you've had? I mean, so I was a phlebotomist for a while. What is a phlebotomist? Well. Do you know what? If there's another big variant and we're locked down for another two years, I'm going to go back to the phlebotomy. I'm serious. So it's taking blood when you get your bloods taken, right? A GP or whatever. I so I babysat for these GPs, and then I, when I left school and I wasn't full time doing the band yet, I um, needed a job, and they were like, "Oh, come and be our phlebotomist." And it's like, you know, I was 19, just sticking needles in people, <laughs> being like, "This." this is fine and it was fine I was really weirdly good at it and then I really enjoyed it um phlebotomy is like a funny name for something so uh no pun intended you know sterile and straightforward yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice I've always you know it's a good date chat <laughs> I think it makes me sound more competent and secure it sounds well it sounds to me like a cross between like Fleming and lobotomy I could go in and get a gig as a phlebotomist again, and I'm not ruling it out. Um, yeah, I was a PA. I thought I was getting cast on a TV show, um, but he wanted a PA. <laughs> so I was like, well, no, I can't do that. And then I saw what I got paid a week, and I'd never seen anything like it. So I said, yeah, and, and I, I really wasn't very good at it at all. Um, could you expand? Um the, the finding about the job and going for the interview and thinking. Well, I there's the director of this this TV show and he t- took me for lunch and I was like, all right, here we go. I'm getting cast as, you know, finally. Because I've always had this idea that I'm some sort of undiscovered diamond in the rough actress. Um, <laughs> well, you could be. Oh, no, I know. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not ruling it out yet. But um, yeah, I thought it was going to be a a part in the show and uh then he said he wanted a PA and that I'd be really good at it and I was like ugh no I wouldn't and then yeah like I said money wise I was like okay I'm gonna see if I can and I tried to like it was difficult though because we had I had a load of slow club obligations I was like yeah but I just really I've never earned money in my life like let me do this but I wasn't very good at it like I start I start every job out with the same attitude which is like maybe this is me Mm. maybe I'm this and I'm you know, I dress for the job and I really get into it. And I'm very fucking friendly for about three weeks. And then I just slowly just hate it. And uh, <laughs> and, it, and it happens every time I've had a job. I waitressed a couple of years ago. My friend had a vegan cafe. Um, and I thought, maybe this, maybe this is me. I'm, I'm, you know, cafe girl. That'd be nice. And I cosplayed as like someone sweet who works in a vegan cafe. <laughs> yeah, and slowly hated that. Um, I I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. It was great. But I just, I'm just not cut out for it. Wait, I've had one more job. What? 
Oh, I had another. So I thought I was getting. So right, I've written a few scripts and things, and trying to make a theatre show. And Ace. I got a meeting with a creative director of a theatre in London. And thought, oh, they're going to ask me to, you know, if I want to put my show on. Yeah. <laughs> and he asked me if I wanted to be in the panto. So then I did a panto job where I was a fairy. But that actually did end up being like one of the most hilarious times of my life. And it was the sort of the end of the band and the start of self esteem. So I, I was the oldest person in the cast and I had all these like hot 19 year old dancer friends you know, <laughs> giving them advice about how to text boys back. I actually loved it. I was like probably more the group. <laughs> what was that? Was that production sort of for a couple of months? I mean, how long, what, like what was that routine? Yeah, like? like three months Oxford Playhouse. I was. I took it very seriously, actually, um, and I loved it. I mean, I've always dreamed of being in musicals and things like that, so it was like a nice little like pretend version of that, I guess. And it's a proper job, you know. It was cool that they asked me, but I did think <laughs> didn't realize. Well, I think it's funny because we, you know, quite a lot we like laughed about these things and laugh about things that anyone does. But actually, you know, actually, like, why not? That's fucking. This it's legitimate things to be excited to be serious about isn't it it was very cool I got offered it and I was and I was like you know I I, I'm I say yes to these things with the absolute like you know I'm gracious about it I'm thankful Mm. um I don't think I'm above anything at all I don't even think I'm above some of the shit I do that's terrible within my band like I'll play an envelope opening you know I don't if you if if you pay me (laughs) I just I'm a workaholic (laughs) it's fine and I also just don't I don't think anyone's above anyone, you know what I mean? Like yeah. everything is valid, but, um, you know, there's, there's some times where I've thought, oh, oh God, you know, <laughs> what have I done? But they, they, I have, I've just cultivated like such a deep ability to laugh at myself that yeah, I can get through anything. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I had something else to add and it's gone. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Like, I will say when I have had jobs, um, there's something about the sort of mundanity and the boredom maybe when I, when I've had boring jobs that cultivate, you know, I've wrote a lot of songs. Do you know what I mean? Like there's some, like this escapism of music. Sometimes when you have, you know, some artists make the most incredible first records and then they have loads of cash and don't have to do anything. And then they spend three years trying to make something good again. Cause yeah. it's like real life that makes you a good artist. So luckily for me, I've always, not been quite successful enough to retain my very grounded um attitude to life and therefore plenty of shit happens to me I can write about but <laughs> I I think this it's great that this podcast exists like the stigma of having a job while you're a creative is it's gotta go because it's uh it's fucking pathetic <laughs> the fact is like we're all fans right so why wouldn't we create our Mm. own culture where we're like no that is important yeah and what is it what's being alive what do you want do you know what I mean like really it depends what you want if you want if what makes like if you really ask yourself is is being decked out in like thousands of pounds worth of designer things and getting what you want when you want it is that what's important to you like fine try and do that but I mean I like stuff but not that much (laughs) Life's very varied and like if you're lucky it's quite fucking long and loads of stuff happens so you can't I you know there's something I've learned that's really helped my mental health is like there isn't some like great big goal that you get to and then everything's all right like you've got to go with this with the highs and the lows and 
and just remain kind of steady and and wait for it to get good again like so no matter you know try and live in the moment I mean you, meant, you mentioned that oh my god oh my god it's so hard though I'm like be here be in the moment <laughs> I'm so violent with my brain like come on um which I think is maybe anti, isn't quite what mindfulness is about but yeah that's the only way I make it happen <laughs> well mindfulness either being quiet at home or being really fucking loud I you know I think like yeah. I think there is I think there is connection there yeah it's it's a, such a fucking life hack though to go I mean so much of my life is worrying about what's next what's next have I done this have I done that and the way if the, the sort of it comes in tiny tiny waves for me of like oh wait I'm in the moment and there's nothing I can do about that right now so just be grateful that you're here right now and then I'm like oh and it's gone and I'm thinking about something else again but I'm like the clarity that it comes sometimes is so sort of oh fucking fleeting it into me yeah but yeah well, I mean, I hope you have a bunch of those moments this summer. There's so much cool shit going going on for you. It's so cool to watch. It's so exciting. And I think you've got that really special thing of your fans being as excited about it as, you know, we might think that you are. Yeah, yeah. Good. That's a that's a really special thing. You know, that you know, that's yeah. like a rare yeah, it's like a rare thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's cool. It's, it's like, yeah, thank you. So there was Rebecca Lucy Taylor. Thank you so much for tuning in to 101 Part-Time Jobs. Off to Green Man this weekend. Maybe I'll see some of you there. See you next week. Here's Cox Barrow. I've been working all day, got me mate on the side. Running around like a blue-ass fly. I've been working, yeah, I've been working all day, got me mate. Every blinking minute I've been on the go. This is a Mighty Moon Media Podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today.